gracious God, be in our longings. Help us to await your coming into our lives. Amen. Please be seated. As the days move on toward Christmas, I want to welcome you to Blue Christmas at Holy Communion. This is a slightly conventional, unconventional way to engage the moment just three days before Christmas. And I want to welcome you, whether you're a regular here or not, whether you just needed a place to step in out of the chaos that is currently in our streets. Have you noticed how bad the driving has gotten lately? (laughs) Our workplaces, the stores, and I won't say much about it, but maybe even home is a bit chaotic right now. If you are here because you need a little space, Welcome. Whatever brought you today, you are welcome. Take a moment. At church, you don't need to put on a happy face, to smile for a picture, to tell everyone you're doing fine or surprisingly well. Take a moment. Be who you are. Be where you are. Maybe there is joy. Embrace that joy. Maybe the feelings are more complex. Welcome to Christmas. Christmas is complicated. Also, take permission. Let the blues music do some of the emotional work for you. I've got to tell you, I'm so glad that Larry and Gene Dobbs are back with us this year. Your music at the service a couple, weeks ago, a couple years ago, it made some real space for folks. And I know it will similarly this year. This is a different key than is playing in all the stores, and I'm grateful. I want to turn to our gospel story this morning and to the character of Joseph, because I've found myself wondering about Joseph these days. These few verses in Matthew are the most we hear about Joseph in all of Scripture. We don't know much about the man who gave Jesus his name, who called him my son. We know more about Mary, but these few verses have me intrigued. If the Bible were a movie franchise and I worked for Disney because they own all of the movie franchises, I would argue that Joseph would be a great candidate for an origin story, a film focused just on his backstory. I think Joseph has something to teach us. Scripture doesn't give us much about Joseph, Tradition fills in a bit more. We have a sense that Joseph was quite a deal, a great deal older than Mary. And it would be easy to get stuck here to talk about the injustice in the first century traditions around marriage, about marrying a teenager to an older man. Today, let me simply say thank God and thank generations of feminist activists. Our views on marriage have evolved since the first century. With that caveat, Joseph surprises. He isn't the old man husband we expect because he listens. He doesn't react. He bides time and he responds. He waits. Joseph would have been within his rights to humiliate the girl but he doesn't react. He doesn't act out. 
Scripture tells us he takes some time to think. And while he was thinking, Joseph listened to that dream. He listened to God. And between the lines we can read, he listened to Mary. He didn't dismiss her. He believed her. And he chose a surprising path. How did Joseph become this kind of person? How did he buck all that masculine programming, his sense of righteousness? How did Joseph show up this way for Mary, for Jesus? So here's my pitch. Here's my wonder. I have this hunch that Joseph's story matters. And Joseph is celebrated as the chosen father for Jesus. And in my own life, those of you who know me and know my spouse, we're in the midst of choosing to be fathers for a non-biologically related child. So Joseph's story has a certain resonance for me this year. I'll say more about that on Christmas Eve. Today, I want to simply say, Joseph helped shape the person Jesus would become. And something made Joseph patient. Something made Joseph listen. Something in Joseph's story, something we don't know from Scripture itself, I wonder, did it make a difference? And here's the difficulty. It it makes me wonder, from what I know about how we are shaped as human beings, was the part of who Joseph was by the time he married young Mary, was that part shaped by tragedy, shaped by loss? What did Joseph lose? Who did Joseph lose? Those are the questions I find myself asking just three days before Christmas. St. Oscar Romero of El Salvador once preached, Hay muchas cosas que solo pueden ser vistas a través de ojos que han llorado. There are many things that can only be seen through eyes that have wept. I wonder if the Joseph who shows up for Mary had to be shaped by loss, by pain. I wouldn't be surprised if Joseph was a widower, as the tradition sometimes tells us, a single parent even, someone who had to cope with the loss of a partner, of a caregiver, of a dream of a life. There are things that can only be seen through eyes that have wept. There are ways of being ourselves that we only learn when we go through loss. There are depths of patience, ways of slowing down. There are ways of showing up for other people that we learn when we have to let go of our first dreams, our first loves, our first choices. It's difficult, but loss is one of life's great teachers. I wonder if it was loss that allowed Joseph to be who God needed Joseph to be for Mary, so God could show up for them both. If I'm right, if if you buy my script, I've got to tell you this. I'm sure it wasn't easy. It wasn't quick. 
I'm sure Joseph heard all the wrong things from folks trying to be helpful, trying to be comforting, but oversimplifying. Let me tell you, I I hate a certain phrase that gets said around church. If I could ban it, I would. It's this, God has a plan. As a preacher, it's not that it's just oversimplification, it's theologically problematic. If God had all these plans and they played out, I am sure our world wouldn't be such a mess. I believe in a God for folks like Joseph, folks like Mary, pregnant out of wedlock. I believe in a God who shows up in difficult circumstances to bring strength, to bring a shoulder for tears to stand with us. The only plan I dare to call God's is to show up when life hurts. Yes, there may be a moment, years and years, maybe decades later, when lessons learned and lost can bring healing, peace, grace to others. But you don't get to jump from point A to point Z. All the steps on the journey take work. I wish I could banish that phrase, God has a plan. Now, I do have a bit of a reputation as someone who likes to make changes at church. (laughs) And you laugh, but I'm not sure the reputation is entirely well-deserved. Your vestry and your building committee can tell you I can be a bit of a conservative when it comes to things like flooring. They had to sell me on the tile that we ended up with. And I'm glad they did. But I will admit, there are a few changes I would like to make in church. Banning God has a plan is just one of them. I want to conclude this sermon by offering one more change. One particular change I wish I could make. Especially for folks who are often outside our walls. The change is pretty simple and it's this. I wish I could convince people that church isn't a place where you show up because you have your life together. I've invited folks to church many times only to hear a response like, well, after I get this financial mess sorted out, or after I get through this, past this divorce, or after I figure out how to balance all my kids' soccer games and appointments and school and work, well, friends, Jesus didn't come to take care of those who have their lives together. He says as much in Scripture. Jesus came for those of us who are lost. Jesus came for those of us who need grace. And in my experience, this particular church is a church that wants to make that kind of change in our world too. This is a church that welcomes folks, not just shiny family types with 2.5 kids in nice clothes, hair all perfect, with all their shoes and all their socks on? (laughs) No. Now, if that's you, you are welcome too. And no, you're at least a sock ahead of my family. But know that in this church, we welcome everybody. We welcome you wherever you are on your journey of faith, and of life. We buy tissues in bulk at Holy Communion. 
to have for folks who need them. Because there are times in your life where there is nowhere better to cry than in church. It's good to be reminded of that one plan I believe God has to show up when life hurts. And it's good to be in the company of a community that has practiced gauging whether you just need some time to cry alone in that pew or you might need somebody to sit next to you as you cry or you might need somebody to take your hand, walk you over to the coffee and to listen, just listen. I wish I could change the image of church. I know if the image is going to change, it's going to take places like Holy Communion, doing a lot of inviting. I wish I could change the image of church as a place you have to put on your Sunday best to play out some image of perfection. It's why I give thanks for Joseph, and it's why I want to know more about his story. It's why I continue to want to know more of the stories of folks here. For all of us, the person who showed up this morning, who arrived today, came by way of a long journey. Some of the steps were rough. We may never wish to repeat that section of the road, but it gave shape to who we are, to how we walk today. So just for today, Take a little breathing room before Christmas. Know that God, know that the church doesn't need you to plaster on some happy face. If you need some space to breathe, if you need to shed a few tears, God isn't going to count you as the Grinch. Christmas is hard because so many of us love this time of year. And so many memories of family and loved ones crystallize around this holiday. And this is a time when we miss folks who aren't with us. And this is a time when we miss the dream of Christmas's future that we won't spend. And that's okay. That has to be okay. And God will still come, Emmanuel, God with us. God's only plan is to show up and meet you exactly where you are. The whole story ahead The whole story we're going to tell in just three days. It's the story of God's choosing to be with unlikely parents. Folks who knew loss. Folks who knew sorrow. The whole story of Christmas is a complicated human mess of a story. Don't settle for less than the whole story this Christmas. Take the time. Take the space you need. And know that God plans to show up wherever you are. Amen.